0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. This week, I am really excited to have Jennifer Bloom here on the show, and we are going to dive into things that a lot of people are really hesitant to talk about. So I am so glad that you are here today. Jennifer is a soul abundance guide. Energy healer and master soul language practitioner, and is a guide to people to reawaken and heal their soul money relationships so that they can create lasting peace and abundance. Jennifer, I need you in my life, and I have no doubt that my listeners also need you in their life. So, welcome to the show today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are off limits to talk about, right? And that we tend to push them away. And I've always been that gal, right? That gal that does the hard conversations. I I, I jump into the deep end. That's just who I am, for better or for worse.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my perspective, it's always for better. <laughs> and I can't wait to get into this conversation today. So, tell me your story. How did you get to the? How did you get to where you are now?
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So there's a couple of things to to share about that. So, you know, I started out as I'm I'm a science girl. Actually, I started out. I'm an occupational therapist by trade. Um, I went on to learn all about mind-body connection. I was out at Harvard with Herbert Benson and, you know, doing all things science related. So, So I'm here in this world of science, but I know there's something missing. Um, And I ended up starting my own business. I was really, I was working in the area of physical wellness, physical health, women's health. And at the time I was starting my business, my husband went through the first of, I can't remember now, three, four different layoffs. We had a period of eight years where he was unemployed for five of those um, or underemployed and, you know, starting a business, all of that. And then, uh, of course, I had here in the states, right? There's no medical insurance if you don't have your job, or you don't you don't have a like a, a paid job. We lost our insurance, and it. Long story short, we ended up going through uh, a bankruptcy, right? Starting a new business, all these things. There's a lot of external things happening, and we made. A, I remember the moment like it was yesterday. Just we were standing out, we were clearing the garden, and this. We just said, it's it. This is it. We just have to, you know, we just have to do this. And there was so much shame and embarrassment wrapped up in all of that. Um, and the thing is, though, that just like any other part of my life, when something wasn't going well, I'm, I reached for other resources. And when I reached for those resources, I discovered a paradigm called soul line my soul in a way that I'd never thought about it before. And like this whole world opened up to me. It was this missing piece of, of what I had been trying to create for myself. And as I dove into that, what I discovered was that all of the things that I had been teaching women about the body mind connection, that when you add soul piece to it and you're working on external kinds of things, it applies to, or intern, excuse me, internal things, right? It applies to external things as well. So everything that I was teaching about fertility and wellness and health applied to creating something external, like abundance and money. And then as I did that work, I was able to look back on the time of the bankruptcy and realize that yeah, there's a lot of external pieces here. There's a lot of things I could point to as to why we ended up with not enough money in the bank account. But what was really happening was that I was determining my self worth by what was showing up in the bank account. Not, I don't mean that from the sake of oh, I can only be, I'm only good if I have X amount of dollars, you know, if I'm a if I'm a five figure, six figure, seven figure, whatever the you know coaching world throws out all kinds of numbers, right? But it was, do I have a valid message on this planet? Well, the only way to validate that message was to have clients coming in. So I was really quiet about what I was sharing, waiting for those clients to show up. Well, that's no way. You can't run a business hiding, right? So, but that's really what that bankruptcy was about. So that's how, what translates into the work that I'm doing now. The focus that I have now is... What is it? How are you using money? What hole, so to speak, are you using money to fill up so that you can feel whole and complete, so that you can feel good? So that is my story in a nutshell.
0: That is a very powerful story. And there's so many layers and elements. And I wanna I want to start at the beginning and just sort of dig into the scientific element of it a little bit because i love i love conversations where we can find the intersections mm-hmm. of cognition science soul and spirituality mm-hmm. because there are there you you cannot create a full picture When you are only living in one reality or, or one of those constructs. And it's one of the things that personally I have to work through as well, because coming from a very academic background Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and being, being an educator in a public system, I was never able to show up in my fullness and my wholeness because I could not bring the spiritual element to what I was doing. And there's very good reasons for that. And it's part of what was the slow unraveling of me as well, because I knew that to have really meaningful conversation and learning, we have to bring all of those
1: pieces together. I agree fully and completely. And I think that we get ourselves into trouble when we try to just go down one narrow track, right? Yes. Uh, because the answer doesn't lie down just one track. It lies in, as you said, it lies in the intersection of all of these pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we can find how science also underpins the miraculous or the energetic. It creates this sort of, for me, it's like a hook feeling. I'm like, oh, there it is. I can, I can hold on to this because I can see how both of those things work together. And in a couple of weeks, um, I'm Debbie Sleuths. I had, a, I did an interview with her. I don't know if you know her, but she does work around visioning and and declaring your your full intentions. And she she gave this really great metaphor about you know the an acorn goes down into the earth and grows into an oak tree because of its vibration in the earth and the way that it vibrates attracts the nutrients and the water that it needs to grow into this into this massive tree. And that was such a powerful construct for me because when we, you know, in, in this world that we live in, we talk about manifestation a lot. And it's not, it is, it hasn't been easy for me to welcome all of that work because of the because of that missing cognitive piece for me. And so that was really helpful.
1: Yeah. So I think, here's what I think in terms of the, the way that we tend to talk about manifestation. And I think we, I'll speak for myself. I came to manifestation because I was in a place of pain and suffering Right. We were, you know, ten dollars in the checking account, three kids. You know, there was just there was a lot of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. And I knew what I was doing wasn't working. There was there was an intuitive sense of there's something more. I'm being pulled to something. So I'm out looking for resources. But when you come to manifestation through pain and suffering, it almost sounds like magic, like, not, and not deep magic, earth magic, but like this illusionary rabbit out of the hat kind of magic that's just like slide a hand and, and you, you, know, you grab onto it thinking, oh, this is the thing that's going to help me, but there's no groundedness to it, right? No groundedness at all. And it's this hope and prayer of, oh, if I just say the right things, if I just focus on the right words, if I focus on the, on my vision board, then magically I'm going to get what I want. The reality is, is that manifestation works because it's part of the laws of the universe. And it's not external to us. It's not saying ma- magic words, things happen out here and, oh, we get what we want. We have to put ourselves into the process, participate fully from a place of understanding in the laws of the universe. So that, for me, is where the cognition and the science and, and soul and manifestation All come together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that grounded, that deep grounded approach is what is so important to flowing energy in that direction. Because when we're coming at it from a place of desperation, we can't really flow energy in the ways that we need to. And that is where I think the intersection of money and intention. That mm. that conversation is so powerful. So I, I will give you a little bit of, of my background. So for my whole life, there has been this real avoidance around money, mm. full stop. I was thinking about it this morning as I was preparing for this interview. And I remember when I was like ah, six or seven, my mom and dad ordered this series of books for me. And I can't remember the title of it now. I wish I could, but I feel like it was kind of a staple for kids in the 80s. And these books would come every month and they would have different financial lessons in them. <laughs> and I remember my my parents being so excited about giving me these books. And I was like, I hate this. Oh no. I hate it. Like I, I don't want anything to do with this. I never cracked a spine. I never. They would come in the mail every month, and I was like, "Go over there," and that avoidance played out throughout the rest of my life as well. So, as a, you know, I'm, I went into education partially because of the stability, the regular income. I knew, I knew exactly what I'd be, what I would be getting every two months or every two weeks. And my honest truth is, I just never paid attention i at the end of my career i couldn't I couldn't even tell you how much money I made a year. That is how avoidant I was to it. Like I could give you a ballpark, but I never looked at my statements i didn't ever I just avoided it and now, in my reality i that's no that's no longer a luxury that I have. I have to pay attention. And I'm learning how to welcome that. But when you are working with clients, how do you help them work around the avoidance?
1: That's a really good question. So it, so it really depends on where that avoidance comes from money. So the, the, the place that, that I start with people is what money actually is. Because money has a really bad rap in this world, and money has been integrated with power, right? It's been integrated with being able to have a voice. It's been integrated with evil, right? It's right. We we look at people who do some nasty things, and if they have money, it's like, oh, it's the money, right? So money, right? Everything's get gets heaped onto money. Money, at its heart. Is a divine resource, meaning it is, and this is in you know, uh, this is in, in my opinion, right? <clears throat> Money is a tangible, holdable form of the divine, just like a tree is a form of the divine, just like this web camera is a right. It just, it's just one more way that the divine shows up. That's it. That's all it is, and money has no free will of its own we work with money through our own free will we're at, we're either asking for it or not asking for it you know and i work with a lot of people actually who are entrepreneurs and have make that leap between you know getting a salary and then having to call it in with your own work and we have years of programming to say oh well if i go to work i get x Right. We can leave it at that transactional level and then we don't have to think about it. But there's an expectation. If I do X, I receive my paycheck. Easy to just not even think about it. Right. So when you start having to create the situation that calls that money in, you do have to pay attention to it. And so really, when I'm working with clients, it's making that switch over into understanding what money actually is. And then how do you work with it in relationships? How do you create a relationship with money that allows it to flow?
0: Thank you. You just helped me to understand something that I have been struggling with for a little while. And that is I had been, you know, as an educator, I had a very structured life. Mm. Like I didn't make any choices for myself during the day, not like. When I, not when I went to work, not when I ended, not when I went to the bathroom, nothing. It was all very structured. And you go to work and you do your thing and you get your paycheck. So in this world where I have freedom and I get to make my own choices, I still am struggling a little bit within that very structured context. And I, you just nailed it down for me. And that is I go to work, I do this, and then money comes in. And so I have been struggling because I work, I'm working full-time hours. Mm -hmm. and money isn't flowing in in the way that I want it to, in full transparency. Yeah. So how do you help people start building that fluid and flexible relationship with money?
1: So it's about, so there's a couple of different pieces to it. One of which is to become aware of what I call the abundance identity. So your abundance identity is something that you've, de- you develop from the time you're in utero. And it's this part of ourselves that has learned all of the rules around money. What are our beliefs around money? What's the family story around money? What do I believe about money? What do I, um, what do, and it's, and actually it goes even bigger than money. It's what am I willing to ask for? And, you know, there's a lot of conversation around worth and are you charging what you worth? and a nicky that's a nicky statement but at the same mm-hmm. time right what do, what do i have to earn what do i have to do in order to allow something to flow right so the, number one it's about taking a look at what's my story around it and then being able to clean that up so that you can allow flow the second part is to give you a tool to actually work with this relationship around money uh, the paradigm that i use is soul language and and behind uh, soul language says that when we came to this planet we brought three languages right to support us we also have and the languages are simply pieces of the divine right languages of the divine we also have languages of the divine that support us in how our soul likes to play with money so as we get that piece of the information right then we get to say oh wait a minute i don't have to do this like anybody else I, I get to create this relationship the way that I want it. How do I lean on these parts of me that, that then allow me to have an open dialogue with money, to have an open dialogue with how, what I'm willing to ask for and what I'm willing to receive? Because the reality is, is that the, the divine is tossing us resources all the time. Because of our beliefs, because of our expectations, because of a, a, a wide variety of things, we often have a, a stop sign up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the way the conversation goes to allow that flow to improve.
0: Yeah, there's, there's so many things you said there. I've just got, you know, I've had a thousand little sparks happening inside. But um, that conversation around receiving and worth uh are so powerful and in the work that I do with women particularly it's really that conversation around worth and receiving because we have spent so much time pouring ourselves out that it's almost like our channel has become one directional and that it is only flowing out and i only have worth and value if i am flowing out and when i started working with my old this is soul languages for my business that was one of the clearest messages that came through for me was if you are constantly flowing out there is no way for you to receive
1: mm. that's yeah. right yeah that's right and again money and divinity have no free will that seems like a really bizarre thing to say but they don't they follow our direction
0: Uh and
1: so the universe goes again this gets back to universal law right where the you know law says we put you know we we put our intentions we put our asks out to the universe divine nature god goddess whatever whatever your word is for it right we put it Uh out there and it goes okay here's a a thousand different ways we can make that happen for you but you've got to be this willing component if there's any part of you that's like, ooh, no, nope, no, nope, uncomfortable, no, nope, that makes me uncomfortable. The universe goes, oh, all right, okay, right. okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and there's, you know, I say it like there's judgment, but there's never any judgment. It's, it's simply a, you know, I, I live here in, in around Minneapolis-St. Paul. There we have the Mississippi, Mississippi River. Lots of, you know, there's lots of locks. along the river right and so that's what i that's how i think about it is divine is this river and we have our own lock system over it when we are in a space of uh, either of yearning or desperation or fear or ooh, this feels dangerous that lock shuts down nothing is going to flow through it or there's only going to be just enough to kind of eat through but when we get into that space of connection when we get into that space of saying yes to receiving that's when everything starts to open up. Mhm. Right.
0: And how what's one strategy or tool that you support people in in opening those locks?
1: So, I use several different tools. One of the tools I use is EFT. Hmm. uh because e f t is or tapping uh, emotional freedom technique and it's all over the place i've been using it for twenty years so uh-huh. i I'm, I'm an o g tapper um, love <laughs> <laughs> <You got> that <laughs> <laughs> um you know and and, and what that does uh, you know so basically you're reprogramming your mind you are rewiring programming i don't mean it that way but' rewiring <laughs> your mind so that you can stop thinking about receiving as dangerous because that's really what it comes down to right if i again Mm -hmm. if i if my worth only comes from flowing out there's something in there that talks about it being dangerous Mm -hmm. so what is that and how do we open that the you know and then practically speaking where do you feel the most abundant for me it's outside this literally that's outside and it can be as simple as getting to to get all this process reflowing, to get those locks reopening, is where is being an environment that allows you to feel the most abundant. And then practicing that feeling. So I'm out in nature, how do I feel? Okay, I feel open. I feel one. I feel alive. Okay. So now let's bring that resource of money in. How can I maintain that feeling? When I'm doing my bills, when I'm putting a program together, when I'm putting together my ask, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's that again gets into universal law, feeling state, vibration state. So there's there's several different ways to get those locks opening.
0: Yeah, and those are two really um, concrete and powerful ways. And I really appreciate you sharing those. And it also you know brings back in that theme of of science. Right. Because we just, we are learning so much more now about how our brains actually work and function that is giving us the opportunity to reconceptualize how we can change our brains. Because for so long, there was the myth that you are how you are, and you know, you came into that world that way, you're going to leave the world that way, and that's, there's nothing you can do about it. But the, but now we know that yes, we can build new neural pathways and it takes practice, which is another thing you said that I think is really important.
1: Right. You know, um, and I was, I'll raise my hand as one of these people, you know, when I was in that pain and suffering, I was looking for a magic pill.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Without a doubt. Like, just, just, just give it to me. (laughs) I don't, And the reality is, sure, you can do some short term things that are going to create some change immediately. But in order to sustain that, in order to really redefine your relationship with money, it takes some time. It doesn't have to be hard, but it does take some focus and it takes some intention and attention.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that you don't have well, I mean, the idea of perfection is problematic for for a myriad of reasons. (laughs) But So often when we learn these techniques, we think, oh, well, I just have to be good at it right away. And the truth. The truth of that is it, it just takes time for our brain, for the pathways in our brain to shift and change. When you think about any time you've learned a new skill, whether it's learning to play an instrument or learning to play a sport or whatever it is that you are learning how to do, you don't expect to pick up a guitar and be able to play at, at, like Ed Sheeran does the first time you pick up the guitar. That's right. right? And the same is true for any mindset work that it just it takes practice and dedicated time every day.
1: Yeah, it does. And I think what that brings up for me, too, is sort of is this mis- misunderstood piece of manifestation, which is oh, I have to be positive all the time. Yes. Right. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's not what that is. What what you're being called to do is to align with who you to align with your understanding that you're divinity yes. and to be in alignment with the divine. Now, if we were in alignment with the divine all the time, we'd evaporate off the planet because we're not human anymore, right? Nobody does that, right? So yeah. thankfully, I don't want to evaporate today. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, when we give ourselves that grace of, okay, it, it's not all the time but I just have to keep coming back. I just have to keep coming back. I'll give you a really tangible example of that. I'm dealing with a, a physical body issue that creates pain. And when it flares, I go into fear. I mean, I, I just do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have been wanting to connect with a specialist around this around this issue. And I'm, I'm in pain, I'm reaching, so I'm, then I'm out to her online calendar and she can't see me until December. Like oh so okay fine so I go through my fear and anger about that and then it's like Jennifer wait a minute this is showing you that you are not connected right it's not that being in fear or worry is bad it's it's a disconnection right it's just it's showing that I'm believing something that my soul isn't believing me that's all that this is so I did I did this work to get back into alignment no matter what happens I'm okay all all the all the mindset shift work this morning I get up and I'm like, hmm, I should check her calendar. She's got time on her calendar at 11 tomorrow. It was a, somebody canceled and I had the insight. I went and I took care of it, right? So it isn't that it was that I was being good by feeling better, but I was in alignment with myself. I That allowed me to hear my intuition. And instead of having to wait two months, I'm in tomorrow, right? So it's not about perfection. Mm -hmm. But it is about recognizing when you're in alignment and out of alignment, and then doing the daily work, right, to get back into into that space.
0: Yeah. And when you were talking, it also made me think a lot about the concept of spiritual bypassing, Mm -hmm. right? That if if we are just in this state of trust and bliss and or whatever that is for you, and toxic positivity weaves its way into this as well. That that everything will be great, right? It's still so tied to the narrative of the happy ending. Yeah. Wow. That, you know, if we if we do this and this and this, then it equals the happy ending, and that's where the story ends. But in in reality, in our in this human experience that we're having, the happy ending doesn't ever there is no ending. There's only ever continuous evolution. So you know, even if we work on retraining a pathway in the brain, that doesn't mean it's the end of the journey and everything is going to be um, you know, blissful from there on in, because we are human. And as we were talking before before we started recording, you know you asked how I was and I said, I was okay because the energy today is hard, right? We are currently living in a, in a very turbulent time. And what happens on this planet, because we, there is no separation between any of us, even if it's happening half a world away, we experience that grief and pain and trauma and pretending that we don't. And that I have this enlightenment state is only that it is only pretending. And it doesn't give us any pathway for really moving, for really moving forward.
1: Right. And there's then there's the difference between because the moving forward allows us to experience it and yes, right? Experience it and as opposed to experiencing it and just getting you know lost for days, which Mm -hmm. sometimes happens. And that's fine, that's okay too. Yeah, that's okay too. But when we pretend that everything's okay, we never get to see what's knocking us out of our particular alignment. So it isn't alignment so that you can be blissful and that's the end of the story, Mm -hmm. but it's continuing to come back. What do I get to do to come back into alignment? And then that creates more expansion for me. When I'm in that more expanded place, that allows the the universe to expand a little bit more and it creates more room for solution, right? Mm -hmm. Not the ending, but solution. What's Solution. What's that next step? Right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And that got me thinking to something you had said earlier when you were talking about the locks and what it when people indicate discomfort. And I was wondering, are there general themes that you see in people's discomfort or is it truly really individual or is it both?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's some general themes you know um i i just did a a money and warrior class with jennifer rezio and one mm-hmm. of the things that we talked about in that class was you know we we tend to make war with the divine and that war looks like there's just some basic themes there i'm unworthy uh love is conditional or i'm unworthy of love which is a combo of the first two those are big themes Right, Those are what's creating the discomfort. When we walk around feeling like love is conditional, what do I have to do in order to get that client? What do I have to do in order to be loved? The third one, what do I have? to, Or or I'm not, oh, there's something wrong with me. So I'm not getting what I want. There must be something wrong with me. Those are the big themes of discomfort. And then we all have our personal ways that that discomfort shows up for us, right? Maybe that discomfort, like in the area of money, that discomfort can show up as, well, I always only have just enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can pay my bills, but I want my wands, (laughs) right? Or maybe it looks like I get a big chunk of money in and then it's always gone. Or maybe it's I get a big chunk of money in and, oh, that doesn't feel good. I need to spend it or, right. So there's lots of different ways that, that, that we have individual discomfort, but they do tend to show up in those bigger themes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. And when you said the word wants, it's like, Oh, there, there is another thing to dig into because (laughs) (laughs) right. We're not given permission to want things, Right. right. We are taught that need has value and want is frivolous or selfish. And how do you help people get comfortable with the idea that want is not selfish or frivolous?
1: Okay, this is a really juicy topic. Okay, so there's two different main conversations here. The first is based in spirituality. So we tend to think If you're if you're following spirituality through a religious lens, right, a lot of times you are taught wanting is selfish. It's better to give than receive. When you look at it from a energetic spiritual um, plane, if I want something new. Okay, what do I so let's say I want a new level in my business or let's say I want a new relationship with my child or I want um I want a new hobby some anything right anything that's new what's it going to take for me to allow that to come in well I have to expand my thoughts and beliefs have to expand when those wants and, and needs uh and d- expand me that's literally expanding now the universe Mm. So if I'm a soul, I am a soul. I'm part of divinity. I learned something new. The divine learns something new. The divine isn't this finished. Mm. We are here as expansive tools. Wanting literally drives expansion of the universe. If I shut my wanting down, I never allow that expansion that then that, that fulfills that piece of why i'm here it's not the only reason why we're here but that's a that's a big piece of it right Mm -hmm. so that's one part of the conversation right so wanting is driving the expansion the other part of the equation is somebody's always people always ask me well what's the difference between a soul's your soul's desire and your ego desire because usually we think of ego desire is i want the car i want the house i want the jewelry i want the fancy whatever And we think of soul desires as, oh, love and peace and all of that. They're all soul desires for the very reason I just said. Let's say you want that fun zippy car. Okay, well, what do you, how do you have to be in alignment to allow that to come through you? If you then allow your own knowing of your worth, you allow your own knowing of your connection, you know your own ability to ask and receive, again, expansion. What happens when you're driving that zippy car? I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm open. It's freedom. It's all of these things. Again, feeling all of that expansion. So what we've been taught is just wrong. I mean, that's that's the short answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> but th- the, those two pieces are are the, the the deeper understanding piece of it. Yeah.
0: Are they ever? And I do not think anyone has ever presented that concept to me before. That when we are learning and evolving, so is the divine, Mm -hmm. right? I think we so, not I think, Mm -hmm. it is the common narrative in our society that the divine is this, you know, monolithic thing that is all knowing and, and so is just either giving or taking from us in our humanity. And that being in relationship is really where that transformative understanding comes in. Because knowing that if I am wanting and growing and learning, I am in relationship with the divine that is doing the same, that is,
1: that is a massive shift. Yeah, and I wish I knew about physics because I, I, I'm not going to try. What I'm going to say here is the universe. You know, if you look at anything, you know, our the universe is always expanding, right? Yes. What's creating that? Well, we are, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the caveat to this conversation is we do tend to use money as a way to fill a hole, right? So that's the the only want or desire that is not going to create expansion is if you are continuing to use that as a way to make yourself feel better, right? Uh, As, okay, that's in my bank account. So now I get to feel okay. Now I get to feel safe, or now I get to feel that I'm worthy or that I'm doing what I'm supposed to, right? So that's, so the want is never bad or wrong. Your expansion comes when it's, when you're not using that as as a, as a, as a balm to your disconnection. Right. Right.
0: hmm And how do you, is there an energetic shift or vibration that you notice when you are coming from a place of expansion rather than trying to fill
1: a hole? That's a good question. So it kind of depends on how you get your information. I'm super kinesthetic. So yes, there, I mean, there absolutely is a difference in the feeling state. So let's see, how do I want to, how do I want to share this? So it's really a sense of if you took it, if you took that want away, right? So, or if you took the result of the want away, so if I want a certain amount in my bank account, Okay, so let's say I don't have that bank account. I don't have that number. What does it do? Does it put you into fear and worry and anxiety? Chances are, then you're filling a hole with it. You're saying, okay, money is my security. That's my safety in this world, as opposed to knowing that we are we're safe because of divine we're divinity. And again, we're not talking about like the situation I was talking about, where there's ten dollars on the account and there's three kids feed. Okay, that's fear, right? But if in general, if something is creating worry or fear or anxiety, if you don't have it, then chances are you're using it to fill a hole. If when you take, you know, take away the result and it's just this curiosity of like, oh, well, I wonder how I could have that. Mm. All right. Then that's more of a clue that you are reaching into something because it's a want, it's a need, it's something expansive. I'm sure there's, you know, again, there's, there's um, exceptions to what I just said, but in Mm -hmm. general, that, that would be a really good way to know if you're using something to fill a hole.
0: That was a really good concrete example. And it helped me on a personal level because as I am navigating this new reality, I struggle when people send me a message and say, look at you, you made the leap and you're, you're being so successful. And it's because I, I struggle with receiving that because my fear is telling me that unless I am generating a certain level of income, I am not successful. And people are not seeing me for the truth of what is really happening here. And does that make me an imposter? And does that make me like, distruthful? And so that is something that I have definitely been wrestling with. So that description was really helpful in knowing that when people are seeing the shifts and evolution that I've made in my life, that is successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be under, it doesn't need to be validated by money. Now that doesn't mean that I was like, (laughs) obviously I need, I need that source coming in. But I also am working through accepting that making a big shift is successful in and of itself.
1: Without, without a doubt, without a doubt, because it takes a lot of courage and bravery to step into an arena that you don't know that you don't know the end results, right? Mm -hmm. When you take that education job, when I was working as an occupational therapist, super, you, you knew as long as you showed up, right? You were getting that, you were getting that paycheck. Now your paycheck did not indicate the success you were having with your students right just like that paycheck didn't indicate my success i was having with with the clients that came through right but somehow that's how we've equated it right we we were willing to know what our success was in different places but somehow when you go into business for yourself okay yes it's a business yes businesses create money but that's not what the real success is
0: yeah. And thank you. Thank you for that. Because I, I felt that energetic shift happened for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is an indicator of the power of this work, right? It might, I think when people first come to this concept and hear it, it's like, oh, airy fairy, yeah. but it's so not, it is so grounded in, in truth and science and reality. So I'm wondering what is the process that you work through when a, when a client first comes to you?
1: So when somebody first comes to me, the first thing we do is we identify languages. Mm -hmm. So we, we start because that lays the groundwork for the relationship. So we give you, here's the tools, here's the relationship. And then we start talking about, okay, what's the story, right? Mm -hmm. What, what's it been? What's that story? What, what has money been to you? What does money mean to you? And, we're talking money. Cause that's, it, it, it's a specific, but in reality, what's, and then what's bigger than that. Right. Like I was just, I, I just had a conversation with a, a new client last week and she's like, you know what? I realized that not only, you know, I, I always make enough. Again, it was that, you know, I, I make enough, but I want more. She's like, but I'm that way about my time too. I only just have enough time, but I always want more. So she could see it, right. It, it's this bigger pattern. So what are these overarching patterns? And then as we identify those patterns, then based on what needs to happen, right, we're releasing old beliefs and thoughts and we're stepping into the new programming, the new rewiring, uh, the new belief patterns that that is that you want. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and that uh, it, it and again, having you walk through that, it just it illustrates the process. Right. That this is not this is not a one off moment of like, oh, I am instantly a, a manifester and I'm instantly doing these things.
1: No, no. <laughs> you know, and it builds on itself. Right. So really what I'm what I really love about working with people is we are creating some momentum. And, you know, just like the example of, you know, a jet, what is it, uses 80% of its fuel to get off the ground? I can't remember. But, right, so at the beginning, it does feel like it's a little bit like, okay, is this ever going to shift? And then it just, but we create enough momentum. So then things just really start happening.
0: Yeah, which is really powerful and meaningful work. And thank you for this powerful and meaningful conversation. Uh, I will be sure to include all of Jennifer's links in the show notes. So if this work resonates with you and you want to connect with Jennifer, the information will be there. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for the conversation. It was amazing.
0: Thank you for joining me on this transformative journey. Your support means the world. If you resonated with our conversation and want to uplift the transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. Connect with me about how you can reclaim your own magic. Check the show notes for all the ways you can find me subscribe and share, hit the subscribe button. So you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Join the conversation on social media platforms, follow us on Instagram, at Elboat. You can also find me on Facebook and TikTok. And if you know someone whose story could inspire others, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. Remember, your support fuels my mission to share authentic stories of transformation. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your church. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Electricast.
1: Welcome to Tuning into to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert.
0: And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound.